0: Hello and welcome to the ALC Pan-African Radio's discussion programme. The discussion programme brings together experts to reflect on a variety of current security issues facing Africa at local, national and international levels. No African team has ever won the FIFA Football World Cup. It's a shame that most African teams show a great deal of promise in football, but don't go far in the competition. The great Brazilian player, Pelé, predicted that they would before the turn of the 20th century. That prediction is yet to be fulfilled. In this edition of the discussion program, we ask why this is the case and look at what African teams can do to improve their chances at the crucial football World Cup competition. With me to discuss this and more, are Judith Masharia. A sports development and peace practitioner with a keen focus on grassroots sports in advancing the development of youth and women. And Judith is from Kenya. And Ulatunde Ulaimi, a grassroots coach with experience in youth development and sports management. And Ulatunde is from Nigeria. First, Judith, if I may start with you, for Pele to predict a World Cup win for Africa. He must have seen a great potential. So why hasn't this happened yet, you think?
1: Thank you, Manira, for, for this and for having us here today. Um, so yeah, uh, you clearly said it: there is potential in Africa and it has existed for the longest time. But the problem with potential is our inability to be able to grow this potential into making something tangible and beneficial for for the entire Africa. Um, Again, we look at the question of why. Why hasn't this happened? Are we going to say it's a corruption or it's a mismanagement at uh, various uh, levels uh, in sports? But I also like to say it's the overall mentality and intention from one how we develop our structures. There's no sustainability. Um, even when we have funds from FIFA on grassroots development, they don't actually get to the grassroots. Uh, they just do it on some basic other things that the Federation do not consider important. So it's all about priorities and how our African countries have, for a very long time, relied on talent uh, to grow the game, but now in a very demanding space where other countries who do not have their talents are investing in the small talents. Look at a country like Belgium, a small country like Belgium. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of people, but the few people that they have, um, they've been able to maximize on it by the growing grassroots structures, centers of excellence everywhere. We do not see this in Africa. The lack of sustainability in terms of how We view talent development and also looking at sports as just a form of entertainment and not a place where we can actually use to uh, develop Africa, even though we have so many policies that exist um, from the African Union, you know, and the African Union Sports Council, you know, that, or CAF, that try to maximizing the potential of sport if we do not actually do something on the ground all of these policies will continue to be in a document you know so all of these things i feel are the problem with africa the having of uh, structures strategies ideas but not the will to implement and actually do what is needed nigeria recently launched the the sports policy and that's a very good document if you look at it um and all of the benefits it seems to have um in terms of growing the industry overall. But we still wonder if it's going to be implemented on the ground. So for us, I feel it's a disconnect uh, between what is happening in the grassroots and what is happening at the elite level. You cannot have um, you cannot seem to have sustainability if you don't grow the grassroots. Uh, connecting it to the infrastructure, uh, stadiums, all of these things. Kenya has had the chance to host uh, African Cup of Nations or so chance, something that would be beneficial uh, for the overall Kenyan community. But because there's no infrastructure, and even when the the, the funding to grow the infrastructure, it doesn't really happen, or it's some substandard facility. So I think we really need to shift our mindsets into seeing sports as an actual driver of development and peace and a big contributor to uh, Africa's growth.
0: Do you agree with Judith? Uh, She mentioned the word potential and talent. You think the problem is that that talent or that potential is limited to individual development instead of the national team development. By that, I mean that most African teams enter the tournaments, the global or even the African tournaments, the African Cup of Nations, thinking that they will do well simply because they have some individually talented players who
2: play in European leagues. Yes, I think um, Judith is quite right. Um, Firstly, Africa is actually uh, home of potential, so no doubt about that. And the prediction of um, uh, Pele, you know, is a forecast where, you know, this thing is realistic. But the problem we have in Africa is that, um, just like Judith said, you know, these potentials only they they develop themselves. The, The government are not involved. In setting up a programs where these were to nurture a program where to nurture these potentials, this talent, they need a program where they could nurture. And this is what we see all around Europe. You know, like Ber- she meant make mention of Belgium earlier on. You see programs on ground that the government has put in place to nurture this talent. And so once there's no such program, this, these children can do little or nothing on their own to, to develop this these um, potentials. And I think that's where the problem has been been in Africa. Uh, Our leaders are not putting priorities to potential development. And um, yes, and I think it has always been that they always put their hope in, we have one or two uh, professionals playing in Europe. And this thing is not magic. When you look at uh, Morocco, for instance, you will see some of those players are players who have been playing together for a period of time. So you can just bring in players, maybe just a um, few weeks to the World Cup, and you bring them because they are playing professional football in Europe, and you bring them together. And you think they will form the, that synergy, you know, to come to go far in such a competition. So the problem has always been that our our leaders don't have a structure to develop the grassroots football, the these so-called uh, potentials or talent, to say.
0: Uh, Judith, when one observes how various teams play. Uh, one notices that compared to european and south american world cup sides most african teams may start strong with uh, with style with passion with power with strength but somehow at some point in the match the team loses focus and then they start losing the game uh, like we saw in the game between Senegal and England and there was a lot of uh, hope that Senegal would make it to the, the, the quarter-final, maybe even the semi-final. Why do you think this is the case?
1: So there's so many things that come into play when preparing for a game and again this is part of the problem with Africa. There was a documentary um, that Uh, tried to show how Italy prepared for the European cup and how they eventually won the cup. If you look at the details that went into play when they were preparing for this tournament, mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, in every way, all of these aspects are very critical for any player. And playing at such a stage, uh, we have different experiences, people coming from different parts of the world um, in one team. And... um, In Africa, it takes very little time for the teams first to come together to play. So first of all, the chemistry is something that has to be built in a very short period of time. Understanding how each other person plays, because we don't have a specific format that I would say that this is how we do it. And then now looking into the dynamics of actually being on the field, playing against someone who you know, could be well placed to move forward in the tournament as compared to you. And I feel that mentality really gets to the players. And as we've seen, for example, in Cameroon, that's why I like to say it's not exactly true that uh, we we start strong and then fail to finish well, because look at Cameroon, you know, uh, how they performed against Brazil, one of the greatest uh, uh, teams in the world. And that mentality and having that leader in the team who can be able to push limits of the team and be able to move them away, especially after you've considered a few goals. It's very hard for you to come back into the game. And all of these are dynamics of, of the sport and how success can be achieved. It's all about knowing uh, when we are down, we can always have the strength to come back. Um, we we have the capacity to lose within ourselves. And there is that doubt, and I understand where it comes from for, for majority of the players. But also I say it's the preparation and how we go into this, especially when you go into a World Cup, you know you're going to have to face uh, big teams that are going to be challenging. But at the same time, you need to understand that you are there as a representative of, an, uh, of Africa and you mm-hmm. deserve to be in this place equally as much as they do. And all of these perceptions are shifting, I would say, um, with uh, more uh, African players learning to recognize, uh, you know, their potential in Africa, you know, and and looking at the formation of majority of these teams, um, as we spoke earlier, there's so many uh, dynamics uh, when it comes to uh, the team selection. Uh, Is it foreign-based players or local-based players, you know? So there's so many dynamics into this. such that, can you imagine if you have a, a combination of local players and foreign players, there's already that competition uh, in the space. So it's about having that leader who can be able to connect all of these spaces and and still provide that kind of uh Uh, security on the pitch that we still can be able to come back from this together and that mental preparation is what we we were very not much invested on in Africa maybe because you know of the stereotypes and and the things that we have to deal with when it comes to mental health as a whole subject but this is part of the problem uh, I would say.
0: Polatunde, you mentioned uh, the synergy between uh, African players who play in Europe and those who play locally uh, at the national level. There is also that merging of European playing styles with African ones uh, in a national team can bring confusion uh, because sometimes um, African players from foreign leagues can miss sometimes training sessions because they rely on their individual skills. Some also don't listen to the instructions of their coaches, which can affect the the team spirit. Football, as we all know, is a team game. It's not tennis. How big an issue is this for African teams, you think?
2: Yeah, this aspect is actually a big problem for African team because um, you know, some of these players, over the years, some of them, they have ego issues, uh, believing that the tactics in which they are coaches Um, that's taking them in the European side, they believe is best than whatever tactics or or pattern the um, local coach is telling them. So, And um, they feel that is superior to whatever their coach is telling them. So some of them feel that once the the coach pattern is not working, they tend to do whatever they like on on the field of play. And um, once there is um, a divided attention, then definitely there's not going to be, be a result because it's a team game. So individually, you can't achieve anything much. And um, I I would also like to talk about, you know, the aspects of some of these players, the psychological aspect of these players, you know, uh, how much do we spend money on their psychological aspect? I think one of the problems that Africa do have is that when we concede, they find it difficult in equalizing, you know, going back into the game full and strong, most times they are down once they are a go down or to go down. You don't see them coming back to like equalize and winning the game. Why? Because the winning mentality is not there. How much have you spent on getting psychologists for these guys to really like come and take them on to believe in themselves? You know, imagine I'm a local player and um, I'm coming into the field of play where I have the likes of Messi, maybe uh, Mbappe on the field of play. You know, it takes some minutes or whatever. If I'm not careful, I may not be into the game for the rest of the 90 minutes, not believing that I could be on the field because I don't really believe in myself. So, and these things are psychological aspects. And so, do we as a country, as a leader, do they see why they need to spend money in that aspect? The player could actually be an exceptional player, but once he or she she does not believe in himself, how do you get results? Then definitely there's not going to be any result. Then the players who are coming from Europe, should also realize that it's a teamwork and believe in the coach. Whoever is the coach, believe in the system, and let's see how things will work better.
0: In fact, I was going to ask you about the the psychological um, side of things, the lack of confidence, the psychological barrier. African um, teams are usually excited to reach the quarterfinals of a World Cup, while other countries consider this as a failure and they aim high those teams, whether they are from South America, from Europe, and they enter the the, the, the competition, considering it as a war while African teams seem to be content, happy with maybe reaching the quarter-final. Why why are African teams not not able to to dream big
2: like like the rest? As I think this still has to do with our, our, our mid-creative mentality, you know, you're right, some of these teams, some of African teams come into the competition, especially like World Cup in like, okay, just make up the number, but we are there already, so there are some other team who didn't even make it up, so we are here, at least we participated, and that's not why you're there, they want you to make impact, to have results, and to show the world what you can do better, you know, so... It's still, like we say, it's still boiled it down to, to the leadership, going into a competition and you don't believe that you can win it. But thank God for the likes of um, the Moroccan coach who say, why can't we dream of winning World Cup? That it's everybody's game. So what makes us different from the Europeans or the South Americans or the North Americans coming into these things? So that Africas also so are dreaming of winning the World Cup and they, they've proven that. Who, who could have suggested that Morocco will be in, in the last four of, of this competition? So They've shown it also that, okay, I think Africa is now beginning to get ready to be more serious in the tournament. So I believe this will uh, go across to other African nations, you know, to believe more in themselves by seeing what Morocco have just done.
0: Uh, Judith, do you think uh, there is also an issue of management, of coaching? By that, I mean no country or non-African has ever won the World Cup with a foreign manager. Most African teams have foreign managers uh, with with few exceptions. Senegal is one of those. Uh, So those foreign managers, you know, they might introduce foreign playing styles to African that African players are not used to. But then with that, there is the issue of those uh, foreign coaches not staying long enough uh, in the job to perfect a winning style so for them it's merely a job before they get on to their next one whichever job pays more so do you think there is an issue with that as well uh that may affect the way african teams perform
1: thank you Manira. i would like to say i like to see it in in two perspectives right i have no problem um with foreign coaches. Um, Some of them are actually tactically able and they have wide experience uh, in working in the region, uh, looking at how also at the club level, it's the same kind of mentality of hiring foreign coaches. So we do have a lot of foreign coaches who are very familiar with the African scope and how Africa works uh, in terms of football. But my problem is the fact that uh, local coaches are not given the opportunity or even the chance to take up some of these roles. Even when you look at it at the club level, as I said, uh, there's been that uh, over-reliance on foreign coaches, assuming, and it's a mentality, as I said, assuming that foreign coaches are the sure ticket to success. That's part of the reason why we continue to fail, because of having that assumption. We have so many local coaches who are qualified and have the capacity to be able to take our teams to Uh, the highest stages but we do not trust them and even when we do have foreign coaches contributing to leading teams to such stages you find that uh, some of the national uh, teams would decide to fire the local coach and put in a foreign coach there because they believe a foreign coach is the only person who can grant them success at that stage even though an African coach, a local coach is the one that took you to that stage in the first place. So, as I said, it's a problem of mentality and um, also lack of training also, because we have so many legends, as we call them. And it's been a thing where we integrate legends also into the system as coaches, assuming that just because, you know, you have the experience of playing uh, professional football automatically assumes you have the right to be a coach without the proper training. And As I said, even when I work in the grassroots, I see how some of these uh, coaches uh, treat the the, the young children, you know, without any care that they're actually young and they need more time and and more kindness um, in terms of how you relate with them. And so all of these things are gaps that we have and lack of training, especially from a leadership perspective. And that's why I say this is where so many stakeholders can come in, um, to find a way to grow the game, because I always say it's not the responsibility of sports stakeholders to, to provide solutions. Uh, our work is to identify the gaps and see where and recommend solutions. And if there are other people beyond the sports system that can be able to contribute in any kind of way to grow the game, then we do have a solution somehow. Because I feel all of these gaps on management, uh, trainings, um you know, basic awareness on how they're supposed to deal with the the players. We've also seen, um, for example, in the Cameroon during the African Cup of Nations, there was a stampede, you know, because stadium security or safety and security of major sporting events is not really a big concern. You know, so I say there's so many gaps that needs to be addressed, especially when it comes to how uh, from one changing mentalities, for example, African Leadership Center is very big on driving the African narrative and African identities, you know, if they were the ones. um, Carrying out uh, leadership training for for various coaches in Africa, you can only imagine the kind of mentality this would shift because it's not just about the tactical abilities, it's also about the mentality um, Mm -hmm. that the players have too. Because as Alatunde just said, having a, a huge composition of players who play foreign leagues, uh, local leagues, that combination can bring an interesting dynamic that really needs a leader who can be able to bring people together and someone who they can all listen to and have that trust that he's going to deliver. All Mm. of this know it all attitude just because, you know, you you played a foreign league, you know, you've worked with the best of the best of the coaches, forgetting that what we have on the ground is actually also uh, successful. Uh, For example, look at uh, Walid, um, the the, the Moroccan coach. The game against France was his first loss, you know. Some of these records are not being shown. He also led uh, Widad Casablanca, which is a team in, in Morocco, to the African Champions League Cup. So, We do not highlight the successes of the African coaches. One, we do not trust in them. And three, we have that over-reliance on foreign coaches. And even though we identify the problems with African coaches, we do not find solutions to build their capacities. We just say, okay, this is a problem that they have. And so we do away with them without looking back into the successes. And I've done a bit of uh, research in the past on this as well, because of how the mentality of majority of the African federations have a, a, towards our African coaches, and how this very much reflects into the the whole ecosystem, and how we do not have uh, enough people or enough African coaches growing up and going to play in the European leagues or any other foreign league, um, because we've not focused on building their capacity or even. Um, growing the system in general, it's always that mentality of, you know what, this is my team and I want to make sure that we are successful. So I'll kick him out um, and, you know, not find a solution to this particular problem. So I would say mm-hmm. it all comes down to those factors.
0: That one day, uh, in this last World Cup, uh, only five African countries out of 54 were re- represented while, uh, you know, Europe had 13. Do you think uh, there is an issue... With the allocation of places uh, by FIFA that may affect, you know, how African teams uh, perform at the World Cup.
2: Thank you, Monira. I don't think it's more of an issue because um, even we Africans, we most Africans have been to like, okay, we are there to just add to the number and not really going there to make impact. Then how much would the FIFA actually believe in us? But thank God for what is happening right now that Morocco is doing, which I believe will affect um, the numbers of um, African representatives at the next um, World Cup in uh, 2026. So definitely, I want to believe that it will be a plus. We should have an additional number today. You know, we need to show how hungry we are for it and how prepared we are. And I think that's what um, fever have not been saying in, in African nations. So why should we give these numbers to so them when they are not even showing interest or they are not even we can see the preparation but i want to believe um there's going to be a little difference from from this narration in the next workup i think they are proposing about 48 in the next workup if i'm right so if uh, the number is increased to 48 definitely africans are going to get more numbers in the workup. we
0: would have so, a better chance yes uh one thing that is unique about african football is the way most of the continent rallies around its teams. Africa is not a country, but African football certainly is. This rarely happens in other regions. We are African whenever there is a World Cup and we send support and we tend to support each other. um, And you rarely uh, hear Europeans talk about being European or teams carrying the hopes of the continent. England plays for England, France plays for France, Germany plays for Fran- for Germany and so on and so forth. This enthusiasm can be harnessed once the potential is realized. The sport will boom and Pelé's prediction and um, Pelé could be proved right. Uh, Judith, first of all, we want to um, end the discussion with a positive note. What do you think African Teams can do to make police prediction come true uh, in
1: the end. Uh, thank you so much, Monira. Um, it's always refreshing to have this conversation, and I want to end this on a high note. But I think there's so many realities that we need to come to terms with. Um, for example, we cannot have uh, success if we do not invest in grassroots structures. We cannot have success if we do not invest in building capacities of our own people um, uh, in the various levels in sport, Uh, we cannot uh, grow our capacities if we do not um, find ways to develop the system in our different spaces, because, as you said, Europe has um, so many benefits, and uh, even when you talk about the different stakeholders coming in to contribute to to, to development, we find that now, even if you're trying to pursue a different stakeholder, just because they assume sport is not popular in Africa, it's not going to give them enough um, visibility by choosing to invest in a grassroots structure. I feel there's so many perspectives and mentalities that needs to shift um, in the region and especially how we view sports. Sport is not just a form of entertainment, it is, but it's not just that. It could have a lot of opportunities for the region and we also need to use this as a way to reaffirm our identities and that we are still world-class and we have our own minds and can develop our own structures without being imposed on anything. We need our leadership to be more firm um, in in, in driving all of these narratives of African identity um, from the CAF, um, which is a contradiction of African football, uh, they are supposed to be the, the leaders who shape us and bring Africa into different conversations in the sports side. So I feel they need to also do more in terms of building our identity and agenda and, and not be swayed by, you know, favors or whatever it is that may come um, with doing what other people ask you to do and not acknowledging that this does not work for my context and I can offer a different opinion, you know, so it comes down to that. And also something that I feel uh, we very much ignored and uh, for the longest time and but I think this World Cup has really exposed how deep uh, this goes, uh, especially when it comes to the North African and Sub-Saharan divide. This World Cup, as especially having Morocco go to the highest level, and we've had different conversations in different spaces, you know, where people will say they're not actually African. We also had Bufal come out and say, you know, this win was for Arabs and and Muslims. He did not mention Africa, and people coming out to make it look like he does not acknowledge his African identity. I say we also need to shift our perspectives on this, you know, he's African just by being Moroccan, you know, he doesn't have to, and, and in the heat of the moment. There's so many things that could happen. So I would say we need to divert also more efforts in terms of bringing, uh, building that uh, regional unity. I feel mm-hmm. this has not been a focus um, at all. Um, we talk about peace and development in the region, but we don't talk about the unity. And, and this has really exposed how deep you know, the divide is, both in a good way, because it serves as an opportunity for us to restart these conversations, but also very sad that, you know, at this time and age that, you know, we are still struggling with some of these conversations. And I'm not surprised, to be honest, because as a Kenyan, in my history class, I would tell you that we did study about the Mozambique resistance, but there's barely anything on the Moroccan resistance or Algerian resistance in our history or Tunisian, you know. So some Mm -hmm. of these conversations need to be And I do not want us to find ourselves in this situation again, especially when Africa is at the biggest level and the biggest stage of World Cup. And this is a time where we choose to be divided, you know? Absolutely. That division,
0: uh, obvious, can be clear, even in Absolutely force
1: yes absolutely absolutely and this has given us that opportunity to take these things and restart this conversation uh, from after Morocco's participation and there needs to be more uh, work in terms of building that intercultural dialogue between the, the different regions and making sure that you know we continue to work together because there's so many lessons to learn from Morocco and I feel that isolation has really a split because Morocco is one of the best uh, countries in terms of their investment and in their structures in football. So I would say there's so many things to pick from Morocco and because of this isolation, we are not able to learn from them as well. So mm-hmm. I see how the unity is very much at the core of this conversation and how we can be able to move forward um, and have more African participation at the World Cup. Uh, all in all, I feel this is a very good run for, for Africa, and it only shows how much uh, we still have within us. And uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and I think it comes down to that as well. We, uh, with a group in the African Football Development Network, will be coming up with a recommendations report um, among from grassroots organizations working in sport, and Ola Tunde is also one of us. Um, where we are going to be highlighting the ways that we can be able to move forward after this, especially with the focus on the grassroots organizations and all of the gaps that we feel have not been addressed um, in terms of moving forward uh, African football. So I would say it's definitely a positive way and I look forward to seeing how this turns out.
2: Ola do you agree? Definitely, I agree with um, Judith on a point uh, because... We need to look forward, we need to find solutions to the problem, enough of um, highlighting the problems, but not finding solutions. So we need to start looking at um, how we're going to develop our grassroots, uh, because definitely it will play an impact in in the world tournament such as this.
0: Ulatunde Ulaimi, grassroots coach from Nigeria, and Judith Masharia, an alumni of the African Leadership Center, and sports development and peace practitioner from Kenya, thank you very much. From me, Munira Shaheb, and the producer, Njoki Ngunye. Thank you for listening. For this and other programs, please visit our website at alcafricanradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Radio ALC and on Facebook at ALC Radio numeral number one. For feedback on this and other programs, please send an email to info at africanradio.com